I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic Magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringers Philly special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up, and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special Shield Kapadia here with Ben Solak, ace producer, Cliff Augustine. We got another Eagles episode for you today. Last week we did most likely options with the 10th overall pick, but Benjamin, the Eagles have two first round picks. So now we will go over options with the 30th overall pick. And don't worry if you're saying, hey, there's some prospects in between. What if they trade back? What if they trade up? We'll get to it. We got time. What is it? April 4th. So we have 23 days until the draft. So we will be hitting you with more Eagles draft coverage soon. Ben, are you still like uh, forming opinions on anybody? Are you just like, all right, I got all my takes. I'm just going to let it rip. Where are you here with 23 days left? You you definitely still form opinions on on guys, right? It, not in the sense of like, oh, wow. Like I thought Anthony Richardson was a third rounder. Now I think he's a first rounder. But like I'm like I'm charting the quarterbacks right now, right? Every year I go through the entire final season of all like the top draft relevant quarterbacks and and and, and chart it. So you kind of get, get to see numbers on like how they performed under pressure, how they performed past their first read, stuff like that. And as you just consume that much, you you start to you know that that feeling that you get about a guy just starts to 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 solidify a little bit. So there's that aspect of it, and then there's also the um, like there's absolutely like a, the more film you watch sort of a thing, right? Like you. Uh, well, the first time I watched DeWan Jones, the Ohio State tackle, I watched two games of him to make sure I knew what he was about. And I was like, I love this guy. He's awesome. And then by the time I put a final grade on him and I watched a couple more games, I was like, ah, I think maybe he needs, maybe needs a little bit more, right? Because you get you get good exposure and you get bad mm-hmm. exposure. And so, like, whenever whenever people are doing this in, in, in the media, like doing draft coverage, it's always like what, you know, there's so many guys you're trying to watch. You're trying to watch for all these different teams that nobody actually watches enough games relative to like how the league would do it. So you're always constantly like fine honing an opinion. The most important thing to me is like, can I describe the player? Can I talk about how they play and, and why they do it that way? And if I get a grade wrong, 
I'm not. I'm grading for a made-up team that doesn't exist. Like even if I'm grading for the Eagles, like I don't even know what the Eagles actually really care about. So you know, it's all just about like being descriptive. There you go. So we will describe. Let's see. What do we have here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys. You gave me seven guys who you thought could be options at thirty. I added a couple uh, in there, and so we're gonna go through those nine guys today, just like we did last week. First, actually, I guess it's ten because let's start with the Bijan Robinson conversation. We talked about it last week. Mm-hmm. If he's there at ten, we both felt like no, it's not happening. We can't see it. If he's there at thirty probably unlikely but it's just you kind of never know with running backs uh eagles at 30 Bijan robinson's on the board are you saying turn in the card turn in the card you know don't even think twice are you saying eh, maybe are you saying uh no still not time for a running back where would you be with that selection at number 30 I'd be flabbergasted if he's there at 30. And if he's there at 30, I'll be screaming from the mountaintops to go get him. And then the Eagles will draft a developmental edge and I'll go dark for 24 hours. I'll just I'll go to a dark, sad cave somewhere and just sit there and ponder the meaning of life and, and of humanity. Um, I Bijan's an, a, an unbelievable player. He is such a good prospect. He would be so, so, so beneficial to many offenses in the league that are built for the passing game but still need that variety, that flavor of the running game to stay afloat. It's like all the contenders, Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, I don't know, Cowboys, I guess they have Pollard still, whoever you want, like like he would, he would add to that team. The Eagles, who rely even more on the running game than those other contenders do, the effect would be magnified. He would be so, so, so good on this team. They're not going to take him. He's not going to be there at 30. At, like if he's there at like twenty, I'm gonna start calling for a trade up, and then you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to take take my Twitter away from me. You have to get me off this podcast. I'm gonna start being irrational. He's an awesome player. Yeah, the money is the big difference between taking a running back at ten and at thirty. If you take him at thirty, you know, last year the thirtieth overall pick made two point nine million dollars per year. So two point nine million dollars per year uh, for four years for a guy who you would. You know, if he's on your board and you're saying he is way better than all the other prospects on here, which honestly, with this class, I think that like that scenario uh, could play out. That is actually not bad. But now all the other analytical arguments about running backs and supply and demand, those all uh, still apply. But that would be a pretty exciting pick for the Eagles uh, at 30. So, yeah, I would not uh, I would not be opposed to that. I would have to know who else is available, whether I would actually uh, push come to shove do it at 30, but uh, in terms of excitement, that would be right up there. All right, let's get to some of these other guys. Brian Branch, Benjamin Solak, safety, Alabama. He was not on the list you sent me, which I, I, I'm wondering if it was just, uh, you don't think he'll be there, an oversight, you don't like him that much, uh, whatever, but uh, five foot eleven and 5'8", ran 4'5", okay athleticism, uh, not great, but he is someone that the film grinders Seemed to love, played slot corner for Alabama, disciplined player, smart player, can play multiple spots, great tackler, lowest missed tackle percentage among all players in college football last year per Ben Fennel. I don't know how, my one question here, and I want to get your take, like how does he project in the NFL? Like is he a slot, he played slot corner, so is he a slot corner? Does he make an easy projection to safety since he played all over Alabama's uh, secondary? Like, could you just line up and say he's your uh, one of your two safeties for a thousand snaps next year if he's healthy? What are your thoughts on all those questions with Brian Branch? Yeah, so the answer why 
I forgot to put him on the list. Actually, I just spoiled it. I forgot. I just wasn't thinking. I love him. He's great. <laughs> You've been awesome pick at 30. I just didn't come. I was like, all right, trench yeah. players. Like, who have I seen in mock drafts recently? And I just didn't, I didn't think about Brian Branch. Be a great pick at 30. Uh, the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson role over the course of Gardner-Johnson's career is a good exemplar of kind of where Branch might, might be in the NFL. Chauncey was a, a safety coming out of Florida. He played safety. And the league thought he might be better in the slot than he is a true safety. He's a little bit smaller, a little bit thinner. You generally want your safeties to have a little bit more bulk to them, a little bit more size to them, because they're going to play among the trees a little bit more, right? They're going to be stepping down and filling against the run, uh, playing against tight ends more, right? But Chauncey, a little bit thinner. Brian Branch, a little bit thinner, a little bit smaller. Maybe they play over slots better. And then Chauncey played over slot. Uh, in New Orleans was great came to Philadelphia wanted to be a true safety and they played him like at true safety but he spent a good amount of time lining up over slot receivers that's what you're looking at with Brian Branch right um Jalen Petre at a Baylor who's now at, at Houston a good kind of uh, a typifier of this role John Johnson who's with the Rams and with the Browns good sort of typifier of this role right this is the sort of guy we're talking about uh Branch is just uh like it, like uh, people talked about Minka Fitzpatrick who came out of Alabama and obviously with the Dolphins and with the Steelers, who had corner safety versatility. They talked about him with Brian Branch. And it's like, yeah, it's like if you took Minka and you made him too small to be Minka, right? Like, like the, the the football intelligence is there. The aggressive tackling is there. The, 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 the plays where he reads out something and he leaves his responsibility with instincts and he's correct all of the time. Like the urgency, the leadership, like it's all there. Like he, he, he's very reminiscent of watching Minka play in Alabama in this defense in a very similar role, right? In that star nickel role for, for, for Nick Saban. It's just he's not the same size as Minka. So we're not talking, we can't be talking about the same stuff. We can't be talking about perennial all pro. We can't be talking about he could play outside corner if he wanted to. Like that, you're just a smaller player, and so you're going to be a little bit more limited. Minka went what? 15, 11, something like, like early 10s to, to the Steelers. I think Branch is more like a guy's going to go in the, in the range of the 20s. And it's just because the, the size is going to knock him down a peg or so. The, if, if you're going to make an argument that he's tricky for the Eagles, you would say that having Maddox and Branch on the field at the same time as your guys are going to be playing inside of the outside corners, right? Your, your, your weak safety and then your nickel is pretty small. You're going to have, you're going to have to have a conversation about tight ends that, that that's a, a, a bit of a bear to handle. So I think that's something that's a little bit pause worthy, but you go and you look back at the history of players. The Eagles have brought in and they do not care about smaller defensive backs, right? They, they are not worried about bringing in guys who lack a little bit of length and lack a little bit of muscle. They're fine with that. Uh, so I don't think it's going to preclude him from being on their board at all. Would love the pick at 30. Yeah. I mean, he really, when you're, when we're talk, we'll talk about this entire group, but just going through it, like he could line up. It's just, he's the best player. Like we just like him the most. And it's, you know, the, the position is fine. It's a position of need. You need younger uh, defensive backs there. Uh, so I could, it would kind of follow a little bit of the trend we've seen in recent years, big time program, big time college production. Uh, I could see them liking Brian Branch a lot. I could see them liking this next guy quite a bit as well. Kalijah Kansi, defensive tackle from Pitt. Little guy, Six foot, easy for me to say, six foot, five eighths, uh, 281 pounds, short arms, 30 and five eighth inches. How long do you think my arms are here? I'm putting my arms out. 35 eighths. Well, I've seen you before. 30 and five eighths. <laughs> but I've yeah, never gone I, like this. Like I've never just I, given I, you a full wingspan. No, no, no. But I, I'll be honest with you, Shield. And, and if, <laughs> if my wife were on this pod, she'd be jump, chomping at the bit here. When I walk around, I just measure guys out. That's just all I do. Oh, like, God. I'll, all the time, all constantly, like I'll be walking around and be like, Mayor, like, look at the shoulders on that guy. And Mayor's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm just saying, he's got a good fit. We can fill that out. 
Uh, you, I would say, you've got thirty-one inch arms at least. I would say you've got you've got arms. Long no, I don't think so. All right, I'm going to measure them later today. I don't think so. All right, official like measurement. What's the crown what's an average What's an average male arm length? I think I have a very average male arm length. I well, don't know okay. what the average is, but the average male arm length. I'm googling right now. I don't know. This is not in inches. And length of the average human arm is 25 <laughs> inches. But that's that's human. That's not male. Uh, okay. How tall are you? 27, 28, uh, five foot ten. Five foot ten. Okay. I mean, so like average wingspan is a couple inches larger than than height. And so your wingspan is about six foot. Then yeah, you're looking at about thirty one inch arms. All right. I'm gonna measure them later. We'll report back. He, on the, here's the thing, Shield. Listen, anybody seen Shield in person? You know what I'm talking about. You got narrow shoulders, okay? And so you're gonna have longer mm. arms than you're expecting because the measurements. I'm the working on them. Listen. Yeah. Uh, she, the Shield has been working on them. Yeah. Sh- when I saw you in February, press, I was like, oh. You know, the, yeah. the lat raises. You know, I had a guy. Uh, actually, this is uh, I wanted to get to. This. Now, are you a Rage Against the Machine fan, Beth? Cliff, get in here. I need you on this one too. Not, not like, not, I wouldn't say a fan. I know, I know a few, a few songs, but I wouldn't say a big. You fan. know, Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, Cliff, Rage. I'm not a Rage Against the Machine guy. Are you a Rage Against the Machine guy? Fortunately, I'm not. I didn't grow up in okay. a, listening to Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> yeah, more so, so. Uh, uh, a Beanie Siegel, Meek Mill type <laughs> yeah. of guy. That's who I really grew up on. So, uh, hey, Rage Machine. I know they're one of the so, greats, but that's not. My, I'm not a fan either. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't name any any other song. But I'm walking and a stranger stops me and says, do you listen to uh, or, or do you like Rage Against the Machine? And I go, no, not really. And he goes, you look just like their guitarist, Tom Morello. You know what? Somebody, Can I do some research on who Tom Morello is? And then yeah. to y'all in a little bit. Oh, yeah, disagree. Yeah. So he said, you don't look just like Tom Morello. Well, so he says, you, he goes, you look like Tom Morello. And then he says, so if you're not married, uh, tell chicks, he says, tell chicks that you are Tom Morello. The this is a whole stranger <laughs> on the street? This is a stranger. This is a stranger. It's uh, 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 You know, uh, Rage Against the Machine. And so in my mind later that day, I, well, obviously I looked the guy up and number one, I thought, well, all right, this is a handsome guy, so that's you know, it could have been a worse, uh, a worse comparison. Then I looked at his age; he's fifty-eight years old. I didn't love that. I'll say Tough. that you know, compared me Tough. to a fifty-eight-year-old <laughs> guy. But then I thought, like this alternate universe, and how funny it would be where me uh, at this age am randomly going up to a stranger woman at a bar saying, "I am Tom Morello, Rage Against the Machine guitarist." Like, what was this guy thinking that that would be? An alternate universe. Cliff, you're back. Did you? So it looks like you Googled just, something. So there's um, a picture. I was wearing a hat. He wears a hat a lot, I, right? I was just about to say, There's a great picture of him in uh, one of those red hats that uh, a former president of the United States used to rock. <laughs> you got it to look like No, no, him. but his. I think his says... Uh, it's it's not like it make America ironic, great yeah. again. It's like make, make yeah, America I think it's like make again. rage great yeah. again or yeah, yeah. But sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and like he's looking. At, he's when he's wearing that hat like completely down. Y'all do kind of have like some of the same I facial see features. It. Yeah, but it's yeah. but yeah, I I wouldn't say like oh you're Tom Morello like yeah. I'm very worried that this stranger saw Tom Morello, a brown man in a, a bald brown man in a hat, and then. <laughs> For the second time in his life, saw a bald brown man and how he saw Shield, and he was like, "You're basically Tom Morello." Like that's my where concern were you here, because yeah, where were you? I, well, happened? it was because I, I was at the gym, so that's why I, I thought of it. Yeah, I was walking oh, out. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, that yeah. that probably sounds about right. But I don't think. And your gym is in Delaware County, correct? It is. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. All right. <laughs> I was like, be, ca- I was like, be careful, Cliff. Be careful, Cliff. All right. Cliff, Cliff said, "All right, that makes a lot of sense." And then immediately turned his camera off and, then and he signed his right mic off and just yeah, left. He signed right off. Kalijah can't can't This all started because of Kalijah can't arms. And his right. thirty and five uh, eighth inch arms. Elite athletic testing. Very, you know, good film, productive, 17 sacks. The last two years, maybe the best interior pass rusher in the country last season. Uh, I, this is a very fun player. Wins with quickness, has drawn Sheldon Rankin's comps. I, you know, I, you're not going to make an, you shouldn't be making an Aaron Donald comp uh, to anybody. But obviously the size, he is a, a big time outlier with that size. I would be in on Kalijah Kansi. At 30, I think he's going to go earlier. I think he's a fun player. I think he fits a position of need. I think he can help you. Where are you on, as you would say, this young man? Very, very out on Kalijah Kansi. Can't play Whoa. him. Whoa! Can't play him. What's he supposed to do? He's too small. Rush the passer? Nah. You can't. Wait, wait. 60 to 70% of the snaps? Let's All right. Name the effective 280-pound pass rushers in the NFL from the interior. Well, I didn't do the homework on that, so I don't know. I, I, guess what? If you do the homework, you have the same answer, right? It's it's you're you're looking for it, guys who. Well, there are so few guys. I mean, you could name that you could name the really good interior pass rushers very quickly. I mean, it's not like it's a large sample you're talking about. It's just like, like Jeffrey Simmons, Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, uh, 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 Quinton Williams, Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave uh, uh, Dexter Lawrence, uh, uh, Jonathan Allen. Um, yeah, Christian Wilkins. Like we're just talking about three hundred plus pound guys. Like you just it, it, okay. If, if you're gonna be this light, you have to be Draymond Jones. You have to have vines. You have to have length, right? So that you can play the game away from your chest, right? Like if you're gonna be this small, you have to win outside of your frame. And unless Kansi's hitting like an Allen Iverson crossover, which just does not translate to the NFL for me, he can't. He he can't win with length because he's got stubs. He's not long. He's also if you're gonna be six foot. You play with natural leverage, right? You bring up Sheldon Rankins. Rankins is, is low to the ground. He's built low to the ground. He stays low. Canty comes straight up after out of every stance. He comes straight upright, and his chest is exposed. I think he's going to get big boy in the NFL. And, and for the Eagles specifically, if you're talking about a 280-pound guy, you're talking about a guy who plays between the guard and the tackle, and at times is going to have to be a two-gap player. He doesn't have the length. I... I, I it, it, it's it's one of those situations where there's absolutely film that you look at and you like, but I just think that this is too far of a physical outlier to fill a, a role consistently with a, a, enough of a percentage of snaps, with enough of a snap to snap consistency, such that I want to draft him at the first round capital. I'm very happy to let somebody else go draft him, and if he's successful there, kudos to him. Great kid, very happy for him. I'd I, I I'd be out on him in Philadelphia. I don't think that's a risk worth taking. Obviously, the size is a concern. Now, we don't, again, we don't know exactly how they're going to play, what they're going to want to do, what they're going to ask. I look at it and say, could he have had, now, this is all about, does the pass rush translate? So if you say the interior pass rush uh, is not going to translate in the NFL, then it's an easy answer. It's no. If you watch him and say that interior pass rush is going to translate, then you look at it and you look at it. Could this be a guy who would have helped you uh, in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs? Yes. Can he, you know, even if he's not an every down player, even if he's not playing uh, early downs, can he help you more than maybe the other guys in that spot? So that's a good one. We'll continue to debate 
hate him going forward. I thought you were going to be in on him because you put him uh, on your list, but I guess your list was just guys who list, list could be mocked to them that, potential. Yeah, li- yeah those list aren't guys you like. I've seen, oh, yeah, okay, I've gotcha. seen talked about. Oh, I apologize right. if I presented it that way. No, this list is largely people I don't like. Oh. Uh, I'm, okay. I don't, I don't like. <laughs> A lot of the options at 30. I think it's a really, really good trade back spot for the Eagles. Um, yeah, it, it's like everybody brings up the Tennessee film. And it's just, it's it's perplexing to me. Because, yeah, if you take the best five plays out of the Tennessee film, absolutely, we got ourselves a player. If you go on a snap-to-snap basis, he's getting big boy the whole game. The whole game. I, 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 I like, and again, unless he is winning with like, basketball moves which require a two-way go which means you have to as a defensive line elect to make Cansey the premier pass rusher you are setting up the rusher that he gets what he needs to win he's not going to get that in philadelphia he's not going to get that in most nfl right where it's like all right let's make sure we have a nose tackle taken too and make sure our outside rushers are pinning the quarterback in the pocket so that Cansey can win from the inside i just don't think he's gonna get that treatment and if he's not getting that, like he's not winning with power rushes, he's not winning with a long arm, he's not winning in one gap because he can't get bodies off of him. I, 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 he's he's one of the guys where I just can't get my head around it this year. Can't see and Van Ness on the anti-Ben Solek list. Let so me far. look at. Uh, gonna, yeah, Cansey's the guy more. on this list where I'm the most no. Can't see and Van really? Ness. Really? Oh my goodness! Wow, yeah. that's interesting. Okay, that's that's surprising to me. All right, next up. Actually, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get to the next guy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. Next up, Brian Breesey. Am I pronouncing that right? Do you know? It's actually like Brian Brice or Brian Brice. Like it's not Brice. Brice. Brice all Brian year and Brice. I keep getting it wrong. Yeah. Okay. All right. I like that better anyway. Brian Brice. Defensive tackle out of Clemson, six foot five and five eight. Brice. Brice. Brian Brian Brice. That's what it is. Brian Brice. Oh, That's Z. how it is. Yeah, Brian, Brian Brice. There it is. Yeah. yeah. 298 with 32 and a half inch arms. Uh, great speed, great uh, agility uh, in terms of the draft process. Testing with the number one recruit in the country in 2020, missed most of 2021 with an ACL injury, also dealt with a kidney issue, also dealt with heartbreaking tragedy in his family. His sister passed away, 15 years old, from brain cancer last year in 20. 20- 22. So a uh, guy who dealt with a lot, certainly in his college career at personally, uh, and obviously with the injuries there after being the number one recruit as a player, uh, 
didn't quite put it all together would be would would that be fair to say kind of a little more toolsy and yeah. you say all right you can see the ceiling but you didn't exactly see that uh during during his college career where are you on Brian Brazé Brian Brazé yeah yeah, you did it, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is this is more so the guy that I'd be interested in taking late in the first round as your pass rush down defensive tackle, right? You're still getting a guy with, with great first step. You're getting a guy with good explosiveness. You're getting a guy who's had stretches of really impressive pass rushing play. You're just getting him at a size that tends to translate to the league far more successfully. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the, the real tricky thing with Brzee is uh, extremely highly ranked recruit. Flash a ton of potential starting young as a freshman, but you don't want like a, it's very rare a guy walks out as a freshman and is like good. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, right, like yeah, this this guy has what it takes. It'll make sense. Let's see how this goes. And then 2021, he's hurt. 2022, he has his sister pass away. And also this entire the entire time he's in college is COVID. The entire like his entire developmental process, 2020 to 2021, is COVID seasons and lack of weight room availability, and you're not as plugged in and connected to the team as you are. It's like it was a tough career for him. So he never panned out, but you don't know how much of that is like on him, how much of that is on circumstance. And, and, and that's something that you'd want to talk to him about and just understand kind of where his head's at in terms of, of his college career and, and what his developmental arc has been. Because development's not linear, right? Like there's a there's a lot of worlds in which Brze comes into the league and just immediately light bulb clicks and he's good. Like he just gets NFL coaching and like by the end of his rookie season, we're like, yeah, this guy can play like all three downs. There's also a world in which he just continues to not have all the pieces put together he's a tricky film watch he came in like barely like a top 50 grade for me top 50 player uh but then you're looking at a a position where the eagles have a big need and he's got high ceiling such that like yeah we're talking about him at 30 i love him like the top of the second round to be honest uh i'm 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 okay with it you know what i'm saying i'm understanding the swing there uh it's also like not a great defensive tackle class overall like even if you really like kalaja kansi which i'm not not in on kansi it's not a great class and so there are only a few guys who actually have like, I think starter level ceilings in this class and Brzee is one of them. So if you're paying a little bit of a premium to go get them, I I don't mind it. So I wouldn't be over the moon, but I'd get it. It'd be an understandable pick. He's pre- I thought he was the trickiest guy we'll talk about today. Just as I was going through the list, I'm like, ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I, I I kept flip-flopping. I was like, I could see it. It's just, it's not a great year to have two first-round picks. I mean, just looking at the options here specifically uh, at number 30, there weren't like a bunch of guys where I'd be like, oh yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, it, is, it is a tricky class specifically here uh, at the top. You hear a lot of evaluators say the strength is sort of in what the, the 40s or the uh, mid-30s to 50, something like that, kind of in the uh, mm-hmm. on day two there. So you can always talk about, yeah, you'd like to trade back, but is there somebody who wants to trade up uh, into that spot? Could be could be a little tricky this year, especially depending on where all these quarterbacks go. All right, next guy. I think you mentioned this guy on our last spot. I'm not sure. Deontay Banks, cornerback, Maryland, six foot, 197, 31 and three-eighth inch arms, ran four three five elite athletic profile. I mean, really just tested, uh, outstanding in the pre-draft process was a three-year starter shoulder injury in 2021 in the second game. Are you a, uh, I couldn't remember Were you all in on a Deontay Banks. Did you not like a Deontay Banks? Where are you on, on him? They could take Banks at 10. I'd be okay with it. Kick and play. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, you I are mean, an outlier here. I feel. Yeah. I'm I, like, they won't have to, <laughs> there are going to be other corners available and they could probably trade back and get him. But like, 
you told me Banks goes like where the Vikings picking like seventeen, I wouldn't be surprised, right? The Patriots are picking like fifteen, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, high caliber athleticism, multiple years starting, high end production. If you're not just looking at interceptions, if you're actually looking at like the body of work in terms of discouraging targets and, and tackles that are near line of scrimmage and yards given up after the catch, high caliber production. He just doesn't like have insane interception numbers, which is fine. Uh, and then film literally is literally awesome. one career interception. Yeah, just, just, just don't worry about it. Film is awesome. <laughs> uh, Banks was the guy who before the combine, I watched him and I was just like, what are... Like, how are, we, how are we not talking about this cat? Like, what is going on? Like the, the Michigan film is great. The Indiana film is sick. He's stepping down. He's making tackles in between the box on late downs. He's taking away routes. He's baiting throws. He's, he's, he's squeezing receivers into the sideline. Press technique is awesome. Off-cover technique is awesome. Zone eyes are great. He's yelling at his teammates who are making mistakes in zone coverage. He's trying to account for them. Like, he just fully 100% gets it. Like, this is a consummate corner prospect. I didn't think he was going to, like, put up the third best broad jump in the history of cornerbacks of the combine, but he did. He really, really, really tested well. Very, very impressed by Deontay Banks. He's very reminiscent of Ronald Darby to me, uh, just in terms of not the highest production player in terms of interceptions, but the athletic profile and the size allows you to play every variety of coverage with him, and he can play against wide receiver ones, which, like, late career Darby in Philly wasn't amazing, but, like, Bills to early Philly Darby, solid player. Uh, so, to me, Banks is a is a... Home run at 30. I expect him to be gone before then. To me, that he's he's clearly in the second tier of corner prospects after Gonzalez and Witherspoon at the top. Once you get to that tier two, Deontay Banks right there. Okay, here's a very elementary theory I have on cornerbacks is that when there is that now you like his film. I, I don't think everybody likes his film uh, as much as you do, but when there's a guy who's six foot and who runs four three five and they're not talking being talked about as a great prospect. My radar, and again, this is a very elementary theory, goes to they're probably not very good at football because why aren't they being talked about higher like you're saying? So you love his film. I don't think everybody uh, loves his film. I think there was a surprise actually at the combine that he tested that way because I thought there were questions about whether that athleticism actually uh, showed up on film consistently. So I think he definitely helped himself uh, with the combine there, but there's a question about, does that translate? You feel like you saw that athleticism when you watched him on film. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the thing with the film stuff is people, there are things that everybody overrates at every position, in my opinion, right? Like I call this the Jerry Judy theorem, where like Jerry Judy had like nine routes at Alabama where he was like, you know, has he cross over, step back into the, into the blind spot, break him off, like the corners, like falling over the corners in the next zip going and Jerry Judy's wide open. And everybody was like, this is the greatest wide receiver ever. And it's like, okay, route running is route running. Like if you get open, you get open. I, like the style points don't add yardage to the catch, right? There's, there's, there's things that, that, that capture us when we watch players that I think get overvalued. The thing with corner is uh, fluid, is, is, is fluidness, right? Is, is, uh, 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 fluidity, right? Not change being of direction. Exactly. Hips. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so when, when these guys they, they sink into these breaks and they pop back out and they look insane, you're just like, holy smokes, the the greatest ever. It's that and interceptions. And there's two things Deontay Banks doesn't have. It's he's a little tight and doesn't have a lot of picks. When we talk about brass tacks, how do corners win? Are you big? Can you affect the catch point? Can you run? As Deontay Banks, he's what he's so good at. He's he's physical. He understands routes. He has the size and the speed to stick with a high variety of receivers and play a variety of coverages. Like I, I yes, I'm higher on Deontay Banks than a lot of people are. 
DJ has him 28 on the big board. Uh, the Athletic, Dane Brugel, has him 28th on the big board. Uh, I don't know where NFL Network has him with Lance Zerline because they don't put numbers on it, but he has him with a future starter grade. Like I, I, I'm high on Deontay Banks, but I don't think I'm on an island on Deontay Banks. And I think if you watch the film, it's born, it's born out. This is a round one corner prospect. Uh, yeah, Jared, you're right. They both had him at 28th. Jeremiah did say average uh, change of direction to what you're uh, talking about there. Now, his tackling was very good last year. Missed just one tackle last year. The overall numbers were good. Opponents completed just 43% of their passes uh, against him. And so uh, the ball production Bully. wasn't there. Now, again, th there's a randomness. Uh, there's obviously a little bit of a randomness to ball production statistics. So uh, I can see the upside. I mean, the physical tools are there. So that is is uh, an interesting player who, who really could go off the board somewhere in that range in the late 20s near where the Eagles pick. All right, next one. Will McDonald, edge from Iowa State, six foot three and five eighths, just 239 pounds, but has log arms, 34 and seven eighth inches, tested well with the broad jump and the vertical, did not run or do the uh, three cone there. So uh, speed rusher loves loves the uh, spin move. If you Google his name, you will find a lot of reps of him uh, doing the spin move. Was a fifth year senior, six sacks last year, 13 sacks in uh, 2021. Where are you on Willis? I don't know if he likes Willis. Will McDonald the fourth? He is the fourth, right? It, I I know I knew that. Is his full name Willis? No, I just you know oh, Will Willis. Uh, okay, I like to call give nicknames. Yeah, you. I, I feel like Will is short for William though. You can't just decide it's short <laughs> for something else. Usually a nickname. You don't know that. You don't know that. All right. Well, it we're gonna check. Short for Willis. Listen, I love Willis as a name. By the way, great name. Okay, good to know. Willis uh, Solak. I'm just throwing I, listen, it out there. I, so here's what I keep doing in terms of like pitching hypothetical baby names is I keep coming up with either really esoteric Russian names because my family's Russian or really weird names of, of Orthodox saints because you're supposed to name your, your kid after a saint named a biblical name. So recently the, the story of Elder Zosimas was being read in church and I was like, Mayor, Zosimas, well, Zozo. And that was not funny. That was not taking well. In church, too. It was not a good time to be making those jokes. But I, I like to tell me, well, Vladimir. Zosimas, Zosimas no. Kalijah Solak, how we yeah, feel. Yeah, Zosimas. A little Vladimir, a little okay. Sergei, huh? Okay. Huh? a little Andre. It's not, okay. not funny. And this is apparently, this is not the sort of thing you're supposed to joke about. Anyway, Will McDonald, listen, 90th percentile wingspan, 90th percentile broad jump. I, if he would have ran a three cone, it would have been like 80th percentile. Just don't look at how heavy he is, and we're cooking with gas. We're fine. We're going to be okay. But he's really, really light, right? He's sub 240. So this is the Nolan Smith conversation a little bit later. And, and McDonald is not nearly as good defending the run, and so the, the, the ceiling isn't as high on McDonald because he can't be on the field for as many snaps. Uh, McDonald's taller and leaner. Nolan's a little bit shorter, so he's a little bit stockier, and so he just gets moved to the running game. If you want to get Will McDonald on the field for a running play, he has to be standing up. He has to be really, really wide, and that way he can step down. He can be an unblocked player. Like That's just the world he's got to live in, Like deal more with tight ends and dealing with offensive tackles because he's given up like 70-plus pounds. Uh, when you can get him in a pass rush situation, it's hard for a player this tall to really turn the corner 
as much as a player of his profile needs to, right? Typically, when you have a guy who's like an outside rusher, speed rusher, you know, bend the edge rusher, it's nice if they're a little bit shorter than McDonald is, right? McDonald's almost 6'4", just because it becomes a little bit easier to dip underneath that tackle, bend, and, and, and turn. But McDonald's got a lot of length, and so he's kind of able to lean on that tackle and still get it done. He's, he's, got, he's got a solid profile as an outside rusher. He makes a lot of sense for the Eagles at 30, just in terms of what they like. He's got great jumps, right? Roseman loves jumps. He loves explosiveness numbers. Uh, he's going to be an outside speed rusher, which is the sort of thing they prioritize. He's got the length, right? And he used it a similar way to like how Josh Sweat does, right? Where you're going to like, okay, turn the corner by working through the shoulder of the guy and use that wingspan to your advantage. He makes a lot of sense for them. Uh, If you made me guess right now, you'd say, all right, the Eagles stay at 30, who'd they pick? Will McDonald be high up on my guesses uh, in terms of the guys that they take? A year sitting will help him, I guess. Like you're just acclimating to the NFL speed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, you can't put weight on him. If you could put weight on him, he would have put weight. He's a senior at Iowa State. He's prepping for the combine. He, he's, he's been trying. He's been eating hamburgers. It's not happening. Uh, so he's always going to be a 240-pound player. So you're swinging on an outlier, but it's the sort of outlier the Eagles like. And and he's a, he's a productive outside pass rusher. And so, again, uh, I'm not over the moon with this one, but I feel solidly about it. I, w- I don't think I would. Li- I think this would be among my least favorite uh, on the list. We're talking about, I mean, you you laid out uh, some of the reasons, but undersized combined with overaged. He was a 50-year seeker. I think he's going to be a 24-year-old uh, rookie, which I do not like uh, for my edge rushers because that he's had what, he was a 50-year senior. He had five years in a college program, five years uh, in a weight room. Obviously, he's going to have physical advantages over a lot of the players he played against in his last year, uh, last couple years there. So uh, I just looked at that. At 30, you know, it, it did not scream like a profile that I would love with the 30th overall pick. So I'm not big on a Will McDonald in that spot. All right, next guy. Shoot, now I looked up how to pronounce his name before the pod, and now I'm having second thoughts. You can you can correct me if I get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Felix Enudike Uzoma. Uzama. Yep. Edge, Kansas State. Did I get? I, I hope I got that right. Uh, I will get his name right uh, during the draft as the Eagles draft him. I'm not going to be like Roger Goodell with Marcus Mariota and many other prospects. All right, six foot three and one eighth, two fifty five, thirty three and a half inch arms. No athletic testing. Uh, just twenty one years old. Eight sacks last year. Thirteen in. 2021 Daniel Jeremiah in his most recent mock draft I believe had him going to the Eagles at number 30 where are you on FAU I don't know if anybody calls him that yeah and you DK Uzama is how is how is how we do it DK Uzama beautiful yeah fun to say uh I would like a crystal ball on Felix I can I can see it. I can get there. I, if I if I squint real hard, I can go like, oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. There's there's a a Frank Clark, a caliber pass rusher, right? There's a guy with length and he can bend the outside. And he's got inside moves. Like, I I can get my head there. I can get my head around it. If I stop squinting and I open my eyes and I see highly inconsistent production from a guy who's playing inside of the tackle, who's making up moves as he goes, who doesn't know how to get off of the line of scrimmage. Ah, I don't know. I I remember <laughs> watching him. And going like, oh yeah, like round three. And then like a week later, DJ mocked into the Eagles at 30. And I was like, what are we doing? And the more you watch this class, you're more like, oh, yeah, I kind of get it. Because even like, even like this is not a strong class. Even at Edge, right? You have Will McDonald who's 24 and you have Keon White who's 24 and you have 
you know, like Miles Murphy and Lucas Van Ness and these guys who are like big, but they're theory and they've never rushed. The, they've never like actually produced. And you, you look at and your DK Uzama in there and you're kind of like, yeah, I mean, like he's actually got like bend and burst to him. And like a lot of these guys don't. And I can kind of see it. I don't know. It'd be way too rich for my blood at 30. Like, again, like I can get my head around the potential that people are seeing and why they have him ranked up there. And I can understand that it's a weak class. And you're going to swing on high potential at a position of value. I get it. But to me, he's a year away from being a year away. And even if he gets home, he's not going to be the sort of run defender you want on the field for all three downs. So this is this is this is a moonshot of an investment. And and I, I again, like if you tell me he picks at like sixty, I'm on board. Thirty, it's just like this guy might be nothing. Like there's a lot of worlds in which he's just not anything measurable in the NFL, where he's just like occasionally on the field in like NASCAR packages on third and 19. And like, that's it. And you're taking that in the first round. That's scary for me. And so I feel bad about it. Cause like I can get my head around where people are, but again, for me, it's a let somebody else make the pick sort of a situation. Like, all right, uh, room for him. Great kid. If he hits, he hits. And I missed out on him. That's, that's a shame. I'm going to let somebody else take that chance. Is he athletic? Like, does he have physical tools, uh, flashes, physical tools where so, you can get to a high ceiling or no? That was my sort of question yeah. when looking at him. Bend? Yes, absolutely. Like he, he's, 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 uh, he's a, he's a Gumby guy, right? He can get around the corner and he's got that like weird, you know, when you watch edge rushers, you're like, how are you moving like that? Like he's got that to him. Explosiveness. People say. But when you watch him play, I I don't think he knows how to get off the ball. And and Kansas State playing a three down front means he's playing inside of the tackle a lot, and that's just not the role for him. Like he has to be in a position where he's he's standing up, two point stance outside of the tackle, and he's his job at the snap is to get that first step off and go. So people say he's explosive. When you watch it, it's really hard to find. I I, I find him false stepping a lot off the line. I find him late off the ball quite a bit. But again, like. Sometimes he's too gapping, so he's supposed to be, and that's just not fair to him. Uh, and then in terms of like height, length, weight, like is he, is he knows how to use his length, and he's got he's got enough to be okay. And he's over two fifty, which in this class is like amazing, but it's not it's yeah. not anything really to write home about. He's okay uh, again. Like this is not the sort of you know I'm trying to think of a good example of like a of a guy who went round one just because he had insane measurables i mean like trayvon walker went first overall but like that was like truly insane in the membrane measurables um but he's just it's 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 not the sort of athletic profile that makes you go oh we got to spend 30 on this i i don't i don't see that there at all yeah I, it seems like you have a good if you're he should have a long career as like a sub package pass rusher, but is he going to give you what you want from the 30th uh, overall pick? So he seems sort of like his floor is probably high-ish because he should be able to rush the passer, but uh, I couldn't figure out whether his ceiling would justify that pick or not. All right, next up, uh, Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle, Michigan. Uh, this is a prospect I was talking to uh, my daughter Leela about today because her favorite show on Netflix is Family Reunion, and the kid's name is Mozzie, and it has a tremendous theme song where he goes, "Mozzie, Mozzie, oh. Mozzie, that's me," and he does like a little. I thing. thought she was. So, I thought you were going to be like because she was grinding the film and she really liked <laughs> yeah. Mozzie, and I was like, "Get her on the show! What are we doing?" <laughs> 
<laughs> so that that is what I will think about whenever Mozzie Smith gets drafted. Six foot two and three quarters, three twenty-three with thirty-three and three-quarter inch arms, no athletic testing pled guilty to a misdemeanor weapons charge in 2022 and sentenced to a year of probation. Uh, Very good against the run. Maybe not there yet as a pass rusher was number one on Bruce Feldman's freaks list uh, for the 2022 season. I will give you my take on Mizey Smith and you tell me if I am, uh, if you're with me or if I'm off base. I looked at him and I said, this is a little too redundant with the guy you drafted last year. In Jordan Davis. Uh, Mozzie Smith had one sack on 393 pass rush snaps last year, two sacks in his entire college career. So this is definitely more of a uh, disruptive run player with physical tools and an athletic profile. But if you are spending consecutive picks on him and Jordan Davis in the first round, that to me, I don't think it makes sense. Maybe you disagree. You like the big boys uh, a little bit more than I like the big boys. Where are you with Amazi? I like like Amazi Smith for another team. I would say fine pick for the Eagles. I couldn't really get there. What do you think? Firstly, how dare you say Mozzie Smith did not test? Mozzie put up 34 reps on the bench, all right? Mozzie was throwing iron. Okay. So for, let's jot that down. Did not, no speed or agility, I guess. No three cuts. Yes. Whatever. Secondly, you're absolutely right. Uh, Mozzie is, is is a player who has some pass rush potential because he has some quickness to him. He has some some explosiveness to him, but you just haven't seen it. It, it hasn't existed. And for a guy to have the rumored testing that he does from the University of Michigan and then not to produce is frustrating, and at times it's because Mozzie's motor runs cold. There's definite effort questions, in my opinion, to, to, to how Mozzie plays. He's very happy to win a block and then sit on it. And, and like, I get that you're a nose tackle, but you know it's not a run play. Let's get moving. Uh, and so, yeah. so there's there's effort questions there. And then, yeah, in terms of, 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 of run defense, again, this would be a, a, if he were a lighter player and played this way, you could take him and then play him in between the guard and the tackle and have him be the, a run stopper there and have him like, you know, a foil to Milton Williams, right? Uh, who like, obviously when you put him there, he's rushing the passer and like, okay, cool. But he's not, he has to play the nose at his size. Uh, and, and you already have a guy who's, who's playing the nose for you and, and you like him there in Jordan Davis. With all that said, he's from Grand Rapids, Michigan. So if we take him at 30, I'm thrilled. I'm over the moon. That's my boy. <laughs> Mozzie. He went, he went to East Kentwood high, I believe. Uh, which I could turn okay. right now from my house and throw a rock and hit East Kentwood High, like three minutes from me. Uh, right. So go huge, do it. Uh, we'll pause the podcast. And huge Mozzie Smith fan. Would love the pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mozzie Smith. All right, two more here. Keanu Benton, defensive tackle, yes. Wisconsin, six foot three and five eighths. 309, uh, good but not great athletic testing, although very impressive broad jump and three cone. He, I believe, was not in Daniel Jeremiah's top 50 players. Uh, I thought he was kind of a fun player, disruptive player at mm-hmm. nose tackle mm-hmm. when I was watching mm-hmm. him. Six sacks last year, scheme versatile. I kind of liked the Keanu Benton. Where are you on a Keanu Benton? Yeah, Ben's my defensive tackle too. I don't know why. Oh, oh, oh. I yeah. Know. I, I, I like this. You are not afraid to go against the grain. Go out there with your takes. Avoid the group think on, a, this on is, a, listen, who is the group. Yeah, I love it. That's great. Um, this is a this? genuine compliment. Yeah. No, like, right, like I, uh, this is always with, with like uh, the NFL draft. And like I put up my, my I, took, I took a screenshot of my top 40 board, which I don't even have to make a board. It's not even like part of my job. I just, at this point, I do it because I'm used to it. <laughs> And I got grades on guys and I got comps on guys and I put it out on Twitter and then people are like, I can't believe how bad these comps are. How do you cover the NFL? And I've got news for everybody. 
this is made up. None of this is real. Okay. This is all fiction. This is not like, <laughs> like what are we talking about? What do you mean? Like what we're we talking about? I watch a player like, like I watch a guy and I think about how much I like him. And I think about what his role would be. And I think about who he reminds me of. And then I keep it chugging. And if I were an area scout for the Panthers, I'd probably have a different process, but I'm not. I'm Ben watching the football players. So I like me a Keanu Ben. And the reason why I like him is, it, is what you said. I could put him head up over a, over a center, over a guard, and I expect him to win. He's got good length. He's got great, great form. Really, really good. Like, like you can tell he's like well coached, right? He's got good flexibility, understands how to get in, into a block, win a gap, win in the trenches. Like he's, they, they, they brought him up right at Wisconsin, unsurprisingly so. But then I can put him in a gap, and he's got quickness, and he's got bend, and he can get around a guy. This is a dude who can play under tackle, right? He can play three technique, right, in between the guard and the tackle, and he can he can give you solid play across the board. I like I, I comped him to Kwan Short. He's like, which is a, a, a measurable athletic comp for him. But Kwan Short, like fringe Pro Bowler, a Such couple a of times with the Panthers. Yeah, but Kwan, the thing about Kwan is he just can make impact plays uh, uh, into the sideline at the line of scrimmage against the run, against the pass. He could just show up. You set your watch to Kwan Short. That's how I feel about Keanu Benton. Like if, if you if you put the water gun to my head and ask me who has a higher ceiling, Brian Brze or. Ke- Keanu Ben, I'd have to admit it's Brze. But again, this this is a dude who could step out in week one, start next to Jordan Davis, and keep his head above the water. He's a multi-year starter. He played as a freshman. He's got great form. He's got great recognition. He's a solid, solid player. Like me, Keanu Benton. I would be okay with him at 30. I'd like the pick. I don't think you're going to need to take him at 30. The main reason why I want to bet on my list is because, like I said, I'm a big trade back fan. And I think if they're training back from 30 and they're ending up somewhere in the 40s, I think that's perfect Keanu Benton range. And I would love to see that selection. To me, it makes a lot of sense. That'd be nice. I'd be in on that, pick up some extra draft capital and get him in the second. I think that would be a winner. We both like a Keanu Benton. Last guy on the list, Cam Smith, cornerback, South Carolina, six foot three and three quarters, just 180, just 31 and five eighth inch arms, ran four, four, three elite athletic testing, uh, played outside and in the slot, allowed just 201 yards on over 300 coverage snaps. Last year has a little bit of a wide receiver background. The knocks would be uh, the play strength. He's light, 180 pounds. As I mentioned, uh, he missed a lot of tackles. Where are you on a Cam Smith from South Carolina? Yeah, I like a Cam Smith. I just oh, you yeah. do. I couldn't have decided. I saw your face. And I go either he's just going to crush this guy or he's going to say he likes him. I couldn't decide. I Cam Smith and Clark Phillips out of Utah are the two corners who have significant size concerns. Cam Smith is, is one eighty. He's built like Dominic Rogers Camardi, and Clark Phillips is like five nine. <laughs> which I graded Clark Phillips so highly and I was just praying he'd test well and then he came in smaller than I thought and didn't test well and I was like ah but whatever I didn't I didn't put him on the list I was responsible uh Cam Smith though I could see them liking a Cam Smith because he has that ability to take away vertical third he has that ability I think leave him on an island play him in press or play him and off and he can take away all the vertical routes he can run with guys he's got great length he's got great uh, great great height right he's got he's got that big frame and he knows how to use it he also like you know if you're gonna be 180 pounds which I would not recommend yes yes you have to protect yourself when you're trying to play big boy football like yeah you have to like be cautious like pressing and getting into a physical game but at the same time like 
being the aggressor is valuable to you because you're playing on the forefoot, right? Like if you're going to be 180 pounds, you're going to lose a 50-50 battle. So you might as well just strike. And Cam Smith is so good in the press because he's so aggressive. And he kind of protects his lack of mass because of it. Like he is the guy who dictates. And then because he's a little bit lighter, he's really, really, really fast. He's got quick feet. And so even if he's, he's over-aggressive and he ends up getting burned off the line, he can recover really, really well. The more I liked Cam Smith, the more I watched him. I thought he was an impressive cover corner. I think that... If you tell me the Eagles don't take corner at 10, I would say, okay, they're, Cam Smith is a guy that makes a lot of sense for them when, when it comes to 30 or when it comes around the bend. Again, like Keanu Benton early, early in the second round. Like a Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami, a Garrett Williams out of Syracuse, like some of, those, some of the other guys who are like more round three guys. Those are sort of dudes that, to me, profile is like, oh, we could get them, and we sell Bradbury and Slay for a year, but these guys can develop, and they have the measurables that we want. Like that In that sort of a family of players... Cam Smith to me is, is is the cream of that crop. He's the crown jewel. Where he'd probably cost again, like a pick in the forties, maybe a small trade back, maybe taking it thirty because he's a corner, and we've seen a lot of corners go around one of the past few years. Um, but but Smith represents that guy in like that third, fourth tier of corners where I'm like, he makes a lot of sense for the Eagles in terms of how they deploy their corners, the height height and length they're looking for, the weight you gotta cover your eyes and ignore it. Uh, and he can be a guy if he's forced to start because Bradbury Slay goes down. You feel pretty good about getting him out there in a role that he knows and, and letting him work. So I, I like a Cam Smith. Yeah, they're in an interesting spot at corner, like like you said. I mean, mm-hmm. the chances are they're not all going to stay healthy this year, and so it's not like if you draft a rookie, oh, he's not going to play. Uh, he's going to have a redshirt year, but he's not going to play in week one unless you have a preseason injury. So you you know this is a guy who is going to be your fourth corner uh, most likely in his rookie year until unless somebody gets injured there. So I don't know how that affects yeah. price. Yeah, go ahead. I didn't used to say I like uh insert name here until I started potting with you. And now I can't stop saying it. This is your fault, man. This is, you oh, know, you, you're fantastic. not, but that always happens whenever there's a podcast and, well, and sort of the, the language starts to cross pollinate between the hosts. That's the number one way you've gotten yeah. me. It's like all the time now, mayor's like, you know, Oh, making, you know, salmon for dinner. I'm like, Oh, I like the salmon. I'm like why? Like, just that's good. Don't say that. Just like oh, cool. Well, now, all the time now, I like a blank. First of all, uh, it's very fun. You can do it with anything. You know, like uh, oh yeah, I like a green tea. I like a black. You know, I like a I like a burlap and bean coffee. Yeah, I like a Westchester. You know, I'm going to talk to. Uh, so I'm going to shape America's youth later at Westchester University. I like a oh? Westchester University. You know, do I tell, tell uh, what's this? What's this story? Yeah. Well, this is all from the Philly special branding when I was complaining that my alma mater is not, you know, calling me to go impart my wisdom. And then I think we had a listener who contacted somebody at Westchester University who then emailed me and said, we will take you for a class. So we'll hopefully not bore them uh, later That's this sick. afternoon. But I like a Westchester University. I like Westchester's and, uh, campus quite a bit. It's a nice school. I've been there a couple yeah, times. Yeah, nice yeah. little town. And then, uh, and now Cliff is Cliff says he gets no love. He's right. I mean, t- listen, cherry in the white. I was ready to adopt the cherry in the white in lieu of Penn State if we just got a call and you bring Cliff and I in to do a little, you know, combo uh, class. So listen, we'll see if that happens uh, or not. But my allegiances are totally up for grabs. I am not going to be loyal uh, to any, you know, to any <laughs> university just because they gave me uh, a piece of paper. This is supposed to be a lifelong partnership, a lifelong commitment. Cliff, you look distraught. Are you okay? Yeah, I get no love from my own university, Temple University. And you're I'm all, a, I mean, who I'm rocks a, Temple more than you? I'm, I'm a proud owl. Exactly. Like no yeah. one represents Temple more than me on, you know, on the Ringer Philly special platform or quite frankly, any platform besides maybe Kevin, maybe 
Kevin and Gandhi. And you know what? Shout yeah. out to uh, Maybe. shout out to Tam, shout out to Tamron Hall too. She she's done it big for Temple. You know, daytime TV. Obviously, that's <laughs> that's the cream of the crop right there. Um, but yeah, man, Temple got they got to give me a call. Claire Smith, you got to give me a call. Kev, you got to give me a call, man. Like <laughs> the legend. Zoom off, please. Some somebody at the school. Somebody, please give me a call. I would love to come back, talk to the youth. You know, tell them what it is. Tell them what it's like. Try to set people up with some connections of people that I yeah. know. I mean, I'm, I'm all for it, man. Temple. My phone line is wide open. My email is wide open. Hit me there up, please. My DMs are open. Hit me up. Uh, I should not be given to any college students. That's a bad idea. No <laughs> one called me. I, I'm not. I'm such a bad at influence in that regard. Like I, I would not be good. They'd be like, "What should you do?" And I'd be like, "Hang out, vibe." Watching football. I don't know. <laughs> I got no advice. I disagree. Man, I think you, you, give you would do a good wisdom. job. Yeah, yeah you would do a good job. Wisdom. Here's yeah. the problem. Here's the problem. I got like I got kids at church, like high school age kids, and we were talking about like video games and stuff. And I was like, you should play this video game. Like this video game's the bomb. And then I was like, and watch this TV show off of the game. It's great. And then afterward, I realized like those are extremely inappropriate games. Like I shouldn't be like I didn't even think. Like, you're 15. Like no way, wait, wait. Don't do that. Don't tell your parents I told you to do that. Like, I just don't. In my head, I'm like, yo, this is cool. And then later, I'm like, oh, that was not beneficial advice, even remotely. And that's what I would be worried about. It's all good. When I was 12, I was playing GTA. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, we were playing Halo and GTA and all types of, you know, RPG games. So, it, it whatever these kids plays is whatever these kids play. Yeah, well, Ben, we'll work. Cliff and I will work on you. If, you know, when you get mm-hmm. the call, to make sure what your content is going to be appropriate uh, for the setting. Good, I, very I, good. I think you would have experiences to share. All right, uh, listen. Let's use the Ringer Philly. Do we? Do we have an email? Do we remember the email address yet, Cliff? Sorry, I'm putting you on the spot. We don't know it yet, right? We're still nah. But we, as we, as, we as of right now, just everybody, just just at Ben at you. What? <laughs> just add uh, everybody. Just, on no, 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 no. Just hashtag Ringer Philly. Just hashtag, hashtag Ringer, Ringer Philly correct. because I want to do a big. Because I'm sure you listen to this and are going, "Hey, why didn't you mention player X? Maybe an o- Osiris oh. Torrance? Is that a player? Yeah. Ben? Osiris, Osiris Torrance yes. is okay. good. Great guard prospect. I did tweet out and ask. The people like, hey, like in yes. general, who are you thinking about at 30? Got a lot of slot receivers, got a lot of Zay Jones, Josh Downs. Okay. Sure. I don't think they're going to have enough well, targets. We'll get to, to them. Give. Save it. Yeah. yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. We'll get uh, to it. Yeah. I'm with the, you, though, on the general wide receiver thought yeah. there. In the the other guy year. I got a lot of, which I do want to bring up here, is Darnell Washington, the tight end out of Georgia, 6'7, 265, wingspan, like a pterodactyl. Absolutely not. No chance of drafting him. With that said, it would be hilarious. No. I would love it so yeah. much. No. Okay. All right. So hashtag Ringer Philly. And if you just have a, hey, I want to know Ben's thoughts on this prospect. I want to know what you guys think about them trading up, trading back for player X. Get any draft-related questions in because maybe we'll figure out next week. Maybe we'll do second round options next week, or maybe we'll just do a big mailbag and just get through a bunch of these guys and then do, you know, day two options the week after that. That might be better. And then I think the week of the draft, we'll do draft predictions, Ben. We'll do a little seven round mocks. Each of us. Eagles only go on the record, try to nail uh, some of these picks. So that's what we will have for you in the next 23 days. All right. We will have a Sixers episode. 
on this feed after Sixers Celtics. Sixers are falling apart. We'll do something later in the week. Who knows? The Phillies are off to a terrible start. Things are going badly. Uh, hopefully, this uh, <laughs> draft episode brought you some joy. You can look ahead to the 10th and 30th picks from a team that just made the Super Bowl. All right. Thank you to Ben Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine. Appreciate everyone listening to the Ringers Philly special, and we will talk to you again soon. Thank you.